Lawrence Pilot is officially back with the Buffalo Sabres. We'll also be talking about ESPN's survey lists at the QB position, along with the rundown, some hot takes, trivia, and more. This is the Buffalonian Podcast. All right, let's go. the Buffalonian Podcast. I'm Joe Kelly, and as always, I'm joined by Dom Loss and Mike Marino. And we're going to roll right into it with some Sabres news. Uh, we're going to talk some development camp right off the bat. And uh, what do you guys? What do you guys thinking so far about about these these younger guys? I think they showed out in a big way. They showed how you know skillful they drafted, and I think it's an important step for the organization because they haven't had one since 2019. So Kevin Adams has never been the general manager uh, during a development camp. So I think it was a cool experience for him, you know, probably on like a personal level, just seeing you know the last three years of drafting, like the amount of talent he's he's brought to the organization. No, it's very optimistic because we see these top guys. Like obviously Savoy didn't practice, but you see Jack Quinn, how well he performed, and our new guys, Oslin and Coolidge, played very well, and even the later round guys like Tyson Kozak apparently had a very good camp. So like that's very encouraging that he's a late round pick. And he's showing that maybe one day he can at least be in Rochester. Right. And I think it just goes to show again how well Kevin Adams really drafted this past, you know, draft. And it's it's very promising to see all of these guys out there. And I can't wait to see, um, what's his name? Savoy out there. Savoy, you know, yeah, when he, hopefully, when, get healthy, hopefully he gets healthy out and goes out. But I, I just think it's remarkable the difference between the last development camp back in 2019 to the development camp in 2022. I think people, you know, it's hard for them to realize, but in 2019, the Sabres, even though they didn't make the playoffs at that point for like seven to eight years, had one of the worst prospect pools, you know, in the NHL. They really only had, you know, Cousins. Ryan Johnson was an all right prospect. Matias Samuelson really hadn't jumped out. They just had Portillo. Lukanen was kind of, you know, I believe on his way back from hip surgery. So they didn't really have a lot of, you know, Mike hints at it all the time, they didn't have a lot of depth in their drafting. Like, they only had Olofsson as a seventh-round draft pick. They only had Jacob Bryson as, you know, a fourth-round draft pick. And now you look at today in 22, not only have they hit on those first-round draft picks with Power, Quinn, Turk, I know was a high second round, but it's, you know, a top 35 pick, Oslid, Coolidge, but they've also hit on guys like Josh Bloom, who was a third-round draft pick, Matt Lindgren, who was a fourth-round draft pick this year, um, I think it's I think it's a great sign to see not only do they have the you know elite talent, but they also have other tiers of players that can help them not only in the NHL level in the future, but also down Rochester. Yeah, I think another thing that stands out to me at least is that Dylan Cousins is there. So yeah. like he's not, you know, a super veteran guy, he's only entering his third year, but the fact that he came there and wanted to show that he wants to be a leader for these guys, a mentor, is huge and you need that in your players. You really think Jack Eichel would have showed up, taken time out of his summer to show up to this? No. <laughs> That's funny. Nah, he'd, yeah. be, he'd be sunbathing on some beach somewhere. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think that was a cool thing. I think Kyle Poso, he had an incredible speech. Uh, they went to the Highmark Stadium where Matias Samuelson uh, burnt uh, Josh Bloom on <laughs> yeah. out. That's a, <laughs> yeah. that's a tough look. But I think going back to 2019, I think was, you know we have great moments. I think Mike and I were there. I think that's the moment where I thought Matias Samuelson was a bust. 
And we also got lo- we got lost in the stairwell in the parking lot. Yeah, that was tough. That, Some of the doors were locked. That's that an episode that out of Seinfeld right there. A, also, uh, you know, my dad's favorite player was Cousins of the time, and we saw him in the three-on-three tournament get hip-checked by Brandon Hickey, who I don't even know if isn't even playing professional hockey anymore. I, that's I, where don't, the, I don't think he is. That's where, that's where Dylan Cousins, like, dislocated his thumb and had to have thumb surgery, and everyone was booing him after, booing Hickey after that because it was... Like, I mean, I feel like anyone would. Dylan Cousins is a good guy. He's a superstar of the of the of the you know twenty nineteen development camp, and you hip checked him in a you know three on three game was kind of a yeah interesting way. But I also think you know not only do they it's have, just camaraderie, just yeah, classic camaraderie. I, I think it's respect as well. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't think anyone expects to do it. But also, I think what's also cool is the goalie depth they have now built up with Levi Pertillo. Obviously, Lennon, who was a second-round draft pick this year, uh, unfortunately, he got a little banged up, so he only participated, I believe, in the first day. Yeah. Um, and he didn't look too hot, but I think he showed that, one, he's huge. Yeah, he's 6'5", but he also showed that he's just an incredibly raw player and needs to work on his rebounding, rebound control. And he has, yeah, I mean, he has a long ways to go. Is what I think that's I think that's fine, because you watch, you know, Portillo and Levi's performance at camp, and it's like, you know, they're... They're the ones we're really looking for. I think Linen's more of like that insurance policy if one of them doesn't sign. Right. Because um, Levi's I mean, a stud. Yeah, Levi made an incredible save on Quinn yes. in the shootout. Yeah. And, you know, that was a Sports Center top 10 play. So, you know, you usually don't see Sabres at all in that, let alone at their development camp. Sabres are starting, I noticed this recently, they're starting to get into more things, like even NHL commercials and stuff like that. They're starting they to get throw Sabres. It's like, it's they're like the, the Bills a couple years they're ago. On the way up. Yeah, when you would see, you know, only the. The you know the giant the Giants are a poverty franchise too, but you would you're starting to see the Bills a couple years ago. That's what you're seeing with the Sabers now. So I think people are respecting the hardworking nature of the Sabers and how they're all you know one for each other and you know the vibes are just off the chart. But I, I just think, think people are believing in the vibes. You're right. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. I think I think it's good vibes also. So I think a small segue I just think is an interesting conversation is. In the last pod when we debated the you know the chances of Eric Bertillo or Ryan Johnson signing, obviously Devin Levi, I think everyone has the vibes that he's going to sign after next year. He was very well spoken uh, during his press conference about yeah he had a very elite college season, but he wants the opportunity to back that up. You know he's one of those guys that just because you were good one season uh, doesn't mean that you were you're going to be you know the same player you are next season. So that was kind of a cool thing to say you know to hear right. Um, but with Johnson, it's interesting because he was kind of says he was leaning towards going back to school. A lot of people think it's really a fifty-fifty if he signs, but also some people are actually making it like a sixty-forty that he does sign. So I think people are maybe a little optimistic that he'll actually end up signing. I mean, Ryan Johnson's a top ten prospect in, in the pool. He's a very good luck shot demon. I mean, the Sabres could definitely use him. And I think you know, same thing with Pertillo, but I think a lot of people are less down, more down for Pertillo signing because of Devin Levi and the fact that you also have Lukanen maybe off there too. Comrie, you know, the goalie. There's not a path really for him to play uh, in the NHL level if he has to compete against Levi, who I think is better than him, and he could probably go sign with a, you know, a different organization that actually needs needs a goalie prospect. Yeah, exactly. I mean. I I always had like concerns for both of them that they've been in college for this long because usually high draft picks spend like a year or two in college and then they eventually sign and I always think it's kind of like power yeah it's kind of like a negative sign when you see him spend uh, that much time in college because look at uh, you know we had Cal Peterson he stayed in college and he didn't sign with us yeah so yeah there's always that worry that they might not 
It's a little, common sign. I feel like it's a little different from like if they play juniors or like over in Europe. I feel like you can control their destiny just a little bit more. I, I think, yeah, because I think they're more established and not in school, yeah. I would say. Yeah. yeah. That's, well, I think that's what's hard with, you know, this conversation with Adams is because both Johnson and Pertillo are bottle draft picks. Yeah. So I think part of the reason why I we were worried about Johnson was because I think he had a Kevin Adams had to get that trust with him. Yeah. Because he didn't draft him. Like, you got to get that no. trust. I think Portillo is gone because I just think with Levi there, he's looking at himself like, I need to spend one more no, year the in college. No, the way Levi played last year in college, plus his development camp, and then even before that in the, the World Juniors, I think the year before, or whenever he played in the World yeah, Juniors. Yeah, was Canada. Yeah, he, was, he put up insane numbers. So, at that level, he's showing that he's outplaying Portillo, in my opinion. Yeah, and Portillo's... I mean, he's good. Don't get again, me wrong. It's really Portillo's unfortunate. Good. It's really unfortunate because both these guys are legitimately top ten prospects in the Sabres draft pool, and both would be legitimately really good prospects for any team to have. So, I mean, hopefully Ryan Johnson signs, and maybe they could move on from Portillo's rights and trade him to a team that needs, you know, a goalie prospect, and they could possibly get a different player in return yeah I also think it's interesting that I think Adams is now maybe a little bit more reluctant to go down the USA uh you know that route um I believe there is some stat where he's only drafted like one American the last two years and I think it was Jake Richards or (laughs) someone just so I think a lot I mean he's drafting a lot of Swedes a lot of Canadians he's started to draft Russians I don't think he's I think he's I'm not saying he's not drafting Americans because he's there a re- burn, but I think it's part of the reason is that I don't think he wants to go through the process of the NCAA anymore. Yeah, no, it definitely makes sense because it's like they can tie them down for a long time. Like we were talking about, like Own Power finished college and then came right in, but like again with yeah, Johnson, Own Power did yeah. one year. Yeah, Middlestat played a year. Yeah, but then you look at like Cal McCarr, he played two years. And he came up. And well, I, I think no. Is it is it an odd relationship you think between the NCAA and the NHL? Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's, I I think Adams would preferably have what his his three first round picks did in Savoy, Austin, and Coolidge, which they all signed their uh, their contracts right yeah. like the day or two after they were picked. Um, you can't do that if you're the NCAA because you can't. I think it's something about you can't profit off your. No, you can't make any money you when you're in the NCAA. You can't have a professional contract if you're going to play in the NCAA, and that's why. That's why they stopped even making the NCAA football games because you're making they're making a profit off of their name. In yeah. The school. yeah, so I think so. that's that's the problem with you know the NHL, and that's why I, I mean he's mostly avoided it, obviously um, with Power, but Power was going to leave Michigan after one year. He wasn't going to. Yeah, he was number one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wasn't staying. If you're picked like that high, no shot. You see, you know what I mean. Especially I mean, touted to be the way he was. Absolutely. Yeah, and then not. Linus uh, Westback, who was the winger from Wisconsin, he signed over last year. Aaron Hugel's another really good player that hopefully will sign over from Minnesota. So I mean, there's a couple other guys other than Johnson and Patillo, but they're obviously the big names from college. And I think, you know, we're we're gonna learn a lot in the next couple of days, and then maybe the next couple of weeks, whenever Ryan Johnson officially makes his decision. Um, I mean, there's a lot of rumors going around that he said that he'll sign if he gets an NHL job and he doesn't have to play in the AHL, but, I mean, we'll see. I don't really know how true that is. You know, that seems kind of a... Right. You need, you need a competition. Yeah. Like, you can't just, yeah. you know, give him the job because he, he's going to be battling for that third pairing. Right. That's what he'd be but I think he's a really good defenseman. I'm not... I, I mean, I think he's below Samuelson, but... You're not discounting his ability in but general. let's yeah. be honest. Like, this guy is a fringe top four D-man in a legit bottom pair D-man probably at least in the NHL level. So, yeah, he's a very good puck mover. And very I mean, Obviously, he plays the left side. I think he also plays the right. So, he's 
he's really good. Same thing with Patillo, but I, again, I think Patillo's good on. So talking about you know our last little bit about you know Sabers prospects per se, I I, I want to like get the room's opinion about you know the the rankings of some of these prospects. Obviously, I think the top five in any order you want to swing it are is Power, Quinn, Paterka, um, Savoy, and Levi. I think those yeah. yeah. I think those are the undisputed number five. I think if you say that of Krebs and Samuelson saying they're no longer prospects, which I agree with that notion, they've had half the season in the NHL. I, mm-hmm. I, I mean, once you get like right, they are like you can say Owen Power still is because he's only had eight games. They've they've been around for longer, so definitely I would agree with that. So I think then like the next five is another interesting conversation because I think the next five are all productive players possibly in. You know Isaac Rosine. You had to kind of see he's he's one of those guys that could if he hits well this year, uh, probably playing the AHL. Mm-hmm. You know he could really go up a lot of rankings. Or if he plays bad, he's gonna go down. Oslin, Kulish is probably in that tier, and then yeah, probably Portillo and Ryan Johnson. And then I mean, if you consider UPL, you know, mm-hmm. still a prospect. I think he's still considered a prospect because he's only played like yeah. he hasn't played that much. I mean, he's also injured a lot. So I think. You know, it's a big year for a lot of prospects in Rosine and then UPL, but I think those are the like the next tier. But then you have another tier of you know Oliver Nadeau, Josh Bloom, those mid round guys who mm-hmm. like Victor Nevich, who wasn't. And it's it's amazing. You know, Joe brought it up about Matt Savoy not even playing. There was so much talent that didn't even play. Like Victor Nevich is the sniper from Rush in the third round. He's really good. Mm-hmm. Matt Savoy, obviously. Oliver Nadeau wasn't there. Alexander Kisikov, who's the Russian forward, who's also very good. Poltopov. Poltopov, who's another, I believe, Russian forward. Yep. yep. Yeah. Never high school by the name of that one. Poltopov. Poltopov. Yeah, and obviously Linden <laughs> got hurt. I mean, those are like, those are dudes, and like, those dudes didn't even play. Right. No, it's very exciting to see, like, and then you guys got you guys got, like, Jake Richards, who impressed a lot of people. Obviously, Kozart, you know, he impressed a lot of people as a late-round draft pick as well. And you got older guys, like Lu- Lucas Ruzek. Who you know battled an ACL injury last year, but people yeah really strong uh, AHL, playoffs yeah HL mm-hmm. playoffs now people think he might be something so I I just think it's a great time to be a Sabres fan of all this prospect and it's, I mean I would t- recommend anyone whenever the development camp is next year to go because I think a lot mm-hmm. of good prospects are going to be there as well even though you're probably going to have you know Power Quinn Paterka Kreb, Samuelson. You know, I assume all five of those guys won't be competing next year, but I yeah. mean, still, no, hopefully they're established on the roster next yeah, year. Yeah, but there's yeah. still probably a whole other crop. Plus, like, let's be honest, if the other moves, the other teams made, the Sabres may be drafting high again next year, and that's not a complete, you know, indictment against them, which is mm-hmm. a lot of people, you know, they're not ready to take that next step to contention for a playoff spot, it seems. But, I mean, they might, again, have another high prospect, you know, high personal pick like Matt Savoy. Yeah. S, kind of on their team, so... Right, or any trades they do to get, you know, like we've said in the past. The Portillo swap, yeah. maybe they get another prospect, maybe they swap a prospect who's unhappy, that could also happen. Plus, so, yeah. you know, if they want to move some prospects to get, like, a good top six player now that they feel would fit with their team, they could mm-hmm. do that too. Or, yeah, like, absolutely. whatever they want to do, they have the ammunition. They definitely that. have one of the, you know, best war chests and. They can outbid most teams in the NHL. Yeah, they've got the cap space, that's for sure. They got the cap space, and they got the the picks, they got the prospects, they got, you know, the big three there. So, we'll transition from prospect talk. Funnily enough, 2019 development camp, there was a certain defenseman named Lawrence Pilot. Speaking of Russians earlier this podcast. (laughs) Well, he was Swedish. Swedish. Then then he went to the The KHL, KHL. and now he got his contract officially terminated, and now he signed 
um, with the Sabres uh, on a two-way contract. When was the first time we brought that up? We brought that up a couple months ago, right? Like we, we brought we, up we the rumor it. that he was going to get his contract terminated, um, and then we brought up another fact that Adams is waiting to sign him. Because they hadn't got official uh, paperwork that his contract was terminated. So then, I mean, later this week, after our pod, they must have got it because they signed him to a contract. And, you know, he's going to have an opportunity to play he'll, in the NHL. And he'll compete with Bryson Piper, that third pairing, because if, if I was running this right now, I would think that he's probably going to start in Rochester, mm-hmm. just because he's going to have to get reacclimated to the North American game. Right. I don't than, love that. I hate when people say that. I think it's, How, tr- I think it's true, though. Is it I don't think it's different. I think, no, I think that's completely overrated. I think that's an overrated thing for a prospect that's 24, 25 that's played in North America to now be like, oh, he's came back, he, you know, he's come back, and now he has to spend another year. Yeah, but year. it's not like he played multiple years in the NHL. He only had yeah, like 30 games. Yeah, but he played in the NHL. Yeah, but he played in the NHL. Yeah, two years? Yeah, year two, two? that's two years of experience. He's it's not, different from like when Kovalchuk left to go Russia and no, came back. No, but, like he's already, left and came but if back. he's already played two years on North American ice, he's already should be well aware of what it is. I think it's still, I think he still needs time to adjust. It's a different I'm not game. saying he won't have time to adjust in the NHL because I don't know if there's a spot currently without injury. I'm not saying it's going to take him a full year. I think it might take the first, like, a month or two into the season. I'm just saying, I don't, think, I, don't, I don't think that should be, you know, in your conversation of if you're going to give him a roster spot or not, because I don't know how If he outplays Bryson, then yeah, he should get a spot. But I think at the start, if, you know, he looks a little sluggish out well, there, sure, absolutely. then he needs I to go down. Agree. I think he's going to start in with that. I'm just, I mean, he probably will end up in Rochester. should be the top pair. He was an AHL All-Star. Rochester got a lot of, again, we talked about it last pod, a lot of really strong, you know, AHL defensemen that have some... Yeah, he's going to have to compete with NHL people like Kel Clay, too. Yeah, they're going to shot to play in the NHL. They're going to have some good guys down there in Rochester and really improve that defensive core that struggled for them last year. So. Well, I just hope to see Rochester not go to triple overtime and lose next year, you know? And I, ho- I hope they get it all... I mean, if they keep it the way they did this past season, I don't see why they couldn't, but... No, absolutely, they're going to be good again next year, hope- hopefully. And so... Our last kind of mini topic is what's next for the Sabres, and the answer to that question is not a lot because the draft is done, uh, free agency is done. We're hitting the lull for the Sabres now. You're definitely hitting the lull for the Sabres. Obviously, you know we say that, and I believe in 2018, in early August, uh, they traded for Jeff Skinner. Yeah, that was on the Skinner trade drop. So right. that was kind of. I mean, there could be a splash. There's still some names out there that we could target to bring in. There's still a lot, so I think what's important for people to pay attention to is that there is a lot, a lot of talent left in the UFA, a pool, and I think a lot of the reason that is is because many teams that these guys want to go to do not currently have the cap space and need to shed cap. Yeah. So I, I would say be wary of like the Sabres and that aspect of either brokering a deal or taking on salary cap for assets. Right. Do we because know they when can. the cap is going to shoot up again? Do they ever say? Or no, how I much think it, it'll be flat cap. I think they're going to go up another million next year. I you think? Yeah, I think that's what they said. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure, but I think that's one of the reasons is that the the contenders need to shed cap, and two, I think some of these UFAs overrated how much money they were going to get. Right, um, and also look at the trade market. I mean, we just recently, I mean, Mac Chuck is a name. I mean, I don't think the Sabers are going to be on him, but he just kind of you know popped up out of nowhere. Obviously, we're restricted free agency. And arbitration, like there could be fights between teams, and you know relationships get severed by that, and maybe the Sabres, bridges are burned. Maybe the Sabres jump on, you know, on those guys, on you know people that are disgruntled to have talent and could help the team. And yeah. obviously, again, we said before they have the cap space, they have the picks. Off a sheet, off a sheet's also 
I mean, readily available as well. So there's a lot to potentially look forward to, but I, I, mean, I would doubt there's a lot. Yeah, say. the lake is drying up as of right now, if you will. There could be a couple thunderstorms, you know, that, that fill it back that was up a, a little bit. What a know? great analogy to end the segment. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Thank you. But on that note, that has been our Sabres discussion, and we'll be right back with the Bills right after this. Here at the Buffalonian Podcast, we are looking for sponsorships to take our podcast to the next level. If you are at all interested, feel free to DM us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter and let us know. Thank you for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. Welcome back to the Buffalonian Podcast. We're going right into it with the Bills segment for the day. and uh, The return of the Bills segment. The return after a week of... Hiatus. Yeah, a week-long hiatus. There's been nothing much really going on. I mean... The only Bills thing we did this past week was go on the uh, the Breaking Tables podcast. Just about to say that was a, that was a great experience. Thank uh, you for having us on. Yeah, was, thank you. That was a great time. Yeah, really great time. Uh, definitely looking to do that more in the future if possible. And without further ado, let's just get right into it. The rookies have reported to camp this past Monday, and the vets will be arriving on Saturday. Yeah, I believe it's Saturday. It's yeah, like five days. So Tentatively Saturday on yeah. our end. We, we just got to make sure. Yeah, and obviously the rookies, you know, with Elam, Shakur, Cook. I'm really excited Punk to see God. how the rookies like perform like with the vets. You know I, I, mean? I don't think I don't think I'm ever gonna call him Matt Reza the entire no. time. I think it's I'm calling him Punk God. God. So yeah, I know he doesn't like it. He's openly said he doesn't like it, but it's a dope name. It's just him. Like I, I, I'm, it, no one knows how to say it. Arazia, Areza. I'm, I'm just saying. It's just easier to say, say Punk God. God. Yeah. And everyone knows who you're talking about. So exactly. Like, you know, and any, anyone knows who you're talking about from no matter what fan base. You say punt guy, they're like, oh. Yeah, yeah. I know him. Even yeah. the guy, even people who are not even Bills fans. Yeah, he still has a competition. Right. Oh, uh, yeah, with Matt Hawk. Yeah. The other lefty, the other lefty punter. The, it, you know there. what the competition's for, pretty much? It's just holding. They might give Matt Hawk a th- $2,000 a year salary just to hold the ball for Tyler $2,000? You mean like, he's going to get like a million bucks to hold. Just as a yeah. holder, yeah. You yeah. think if he's on the Practice roster, I was yeah. exaggerating with the two thousand, but I th- I didn't think they'd actually give him a contract just to hold. Well, he definitely still has a contract. They gotta cut him. Oh, I would cut him if I were the Bills. Well, I mean, I, after training camp, I, after training camp for preseason, I assume that you don't draft a punter yeah. just to cut him. Well, right. That's like Stephen Hoshko. You don't draft exactly. Tyler you don't Max, draft the kicker to, to cut the kicker you drafted yeah. unless the kicker just absolutely yeah. So, Unless you're like Roberto Aguayo, second round pick, who they traded up for him. Yeah, that's that bad. That was bad for the Buccaneers. Or you could be the Raiders and draft Seabass in the first round. That's oh, yeah. yeah. That's also very accurate. But again, very exciting. Obviously, you know we we talked last segment about the Sabers. Not a lot going on the next following weeks. The Bills finally have some op- stuff coming. Or the opposite. Up. We we survived the dead period with the Bills, and now we are heading into the heating up the training camp. And soon we'll have some preseason games and some you know September eighth and Los Angeles is approaching us very quickly. Fifty days, I think. Mm-hmm. I think that's what I saw, and um, just want to say, people who say football is a year-round sport, I, I, us having experienced it for the first time, like having to have it be a year-round sport, it's a little bit of a stretch. There are a couple months in there where we could have just not talked about the Bills. June, yeah, like June, like even the beginning of July, like to now, May. yeah, like those are a good like two and a half months. Yeah, like. I mean, any sports show you listen to, they're stretching. Yeah, yeah, like Seinfeld comes up something like just out of nowhere, you know, like and it's it's just. Good Morning Football was talking about Mario versus Sonic or something like that one morning. I'm like, this is great. This is great television. But <laughs> great content. You know, we made it they through. They didn't have any of the main people on. No, this week. that's what I'm saying. Even guys. One Bill's Live, they've had fill-ins because why would the the, the original guys want to talk yeah. about nothing? You know. But the light, we've reached the light at the end of the tunnel. Yes, we're back in business. So very much looking forward to training camp. But I want to move on to the 
ESPN quarterbacks list, along with the defensive backs as well, corners and safety. Yeah, so the, the survey they had of NFL exec scouts, uh, that list came out, and it, I mean, it's pretty. It's a pretty interesting list, I'll say. Yeah, um, people are mad about it. A lot of people aren't happy, not just from around here, but in general. There's a lot of people who have gripes with certain players being on here. Um, let's, talk, let's talk about QBs first. Yeah, let's just stick with the quarterbacks. I agree with the first four. I think the first four yeah. are pretty... Rodgers, Mahomes, Allen is third. Just, yeah. You know, FYI. And then Brady. I think those are, like, the legit four. Any way you rank them um, is... I mean, no, you're, yeah. you're unbiased or how you want to put it. But they're right. four. I think that's a tier. That's, like, tier one. Exactly. Tier one is interchangeable, in my opinion. Like, it's, it, like we said, depending on where you live, what team you root for, you're, of course, biased. So, I mean, I had no gripes with it, though. When I see those four in the top, I, I know it's a decent list. Then you get back down to, let's do it in, uh, we'll go five, six, seven, eight now. We'll just right. do the next four. We'll go, that goes Burrow, Stafford, Herbert, and Wilson. Me personally, I'd have Herbert where Burrow is. I agree. I think Burrow is better than Herbert. Yes. And I think Burrow is Herbert, Herbert is better than Burrow. Yeah. Yes. I, I yeah. That. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't even pick up on that. I was going right along with you. Um, I personally would say that as well in Burrow's inflated a lot because of the Super Bowl I appearance in the run. I think both five and six are inflated by the Super Bowl. Yes, like I don't think even Matt Stafford. Stafford. I don't think Matt Stafford's better mm-hmm. than Justin Herbert. No, no. And honestly, Justin Herbert just has never made the playoffs. That's only yeah. yeah. And some of it, and then really the, the same as the Bills. Like Josh Allen's never won a Super Bowl. That's what's keeping him under Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, you know but what I mean? Herbert's like, like it's not, not all his fault. Like his coaching has been horrendous. Brandon Staley. Yeah. Let's yeah. go for it on every fourth down. Well, I respect I keep, that. Yeah. I think that's awesome. No, that was probably one of the best. What That game and the Bills playoff game were the two most, like, I was dialed into both of those more than any. Um, it wasn't even a Bills game. No, it wasn't. My brother's a Chargers fan, though, so, you know, that's just, I had I had to root for him. I was hoping, because if they won or tied, they w- Chargers would have been playing here for the yeah, Patriots. Yeah, that would have been exciting. And they would have, they, the West Coast team from LA would have had to play in zero degree in weather. In zero degree that weather. Was, it would have been another 40-banger, I think, still. I don't think it would have made too much of a difference. But, and especially Brandon Staley coaching, you know. It's not bad, but he's he's a younger guy. He's got to yeah, make it learning. a difference. He's getting his stripes. Yeah, so I think five and six are overrated. I yes. think seven needs to be higher. Eight, I mean, I think everyone knows. I'm not the biggest Russell Wilson fan. No, but I, I would put him above Stafford, I feel like. No, I would no, I keep, keep Stafford, Stafford ahead of Russell. Russell. You think? Yeah. Would it, would Russ yours starts then... the year super hot, and then he cools off. He also shows yeah. all those workout videos. I don't, I'm, just got to let him cook. I'm That's sorry. what everyone says. Let Russ yeah. cook. I gotta be honest. I gotta be honest. Stefan Diggs does this too with all the workout videos. I could care less. No, I mean, they're I fun. Be. They're fun to watch. I'm not gonna say anything. But all the like, even the Tua stuff with the him underthrowing Tyree Kill. It's like okay, like that was. De- I definitely a, think no, that was he, a planted press junk. Like, what about all the games of like you know you see like Aaron Donald doing all his running, see how fast the he knives, goes. The Derek knives. Derrick Henry doing like his push ups with chains on. Like, yeah, I don't balls. need it. It's cool. Like it's cool content. It's but, pretty impressive what but, they could do, but like same time. But anyone taking like a legit like making a legit opinion on any of that is it's really like, reaching. It's like man, I, they could do these incredible things. You know, like just no, make everybody else true. feel bad. Right. No, it's also like with Russell Wilson when he went, did Southern Night Football in Pittsburgh with the fake huddle and stuff. Like, no one needs to see that. Mm-hmm. And no. if anyone's like making a point, oh, look how great of a leader is, like how he pairs. It's like, they that's keep, cringe. They keep it's, posting Russell Wilson saying, Broncos country, let's ride. Yeah. It's just just in eight different ways. I'm like, okay, I've heard it enough. Like, let's just. No, nah, he's one of the. He's a cringy player. I, I just. I mean, that's why I'm not a biggest fan of him. Um, right. More on the social aspect of things. Yeah. yeah, yeah. My bias. Yeah. That's my bias. And then nine is uh, Deshaun Watson. Obviously, Deshaun Watson. I'd keep him out. 
I would have not put him in because we just haven't seen him play. I know you're a big Deshaun Watson guy. I, no, okay, okay. Whoa, but... whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I think you got a word that way. I, yeah. I, I, I will just defend myself really quickly. I despise Deshaun Watson as a human being. As a human being. Like, but you're, you tout his quarterback play is, but I, is I, good. I, I've said this before. When Deshaun Watson was playing last, last in 2020... He was up there with Mahomes, Rodgers, Allen, and Brady. Like, he was a Tier 1 quarterback. Now, obviously, he hasn't played in a year. He's probably going to get suspended for at least eight games, hopefully longer. He should probably be suspended for a year, but that probably won't happen. Yeah. But he's one of those guys that I think I agreed with the notion that he should have been off the list because we don't know where he is. But if he's, Plus, he's going to Cleveland. That's not right. okay. Poverty franchise. He was yeah. in Houston. You can't, no. He put out great numbers in 2020 of that Houston roster. Yeah, but so. he had DeAndre Hopkins. He didn't have Hopkins in 2020. They did No, they like Brandon Cooks and stuff. Well, look at Brandon Cooks last season. Well, Brandon Cooks Brandon is a good Cooks receiver. Is I'm saying Brandon Cooks is a good receiver, but Cleveland is a lot better team. His I running still, back was David Johnson. He has Nick Chubb and T. Cleveland. I still, like, just don't trust Cleveland. I still would say I Jacoby Brissett is a good quarterback. Just, I, don't, no. I, I don't trust Cleveland either, but I'm, I, all I'm saying is if Deshaun Watson plays, you know, this year, and I think he could return to that Tier 1 ranking. But, well, again, that's a kind of like we'll wait and see. And then 10... Dak Prescott should not be on this list. I completely at all. agree with that notion. I don't know why. Play in the USFL. That's all I have to say to you. <laughs> like just downgrade. I. I... He only gets pro- he only gets a slight pass because he destroyed his ankle, and maybe last year was kind of like he a recovery a, season. A, a recovery season, but the fact that he's over Lamar, no. Kyler, and I, I honestly, you don't like, like Lamar, but he's. I don't than like those Lamar, guys. but I would put I would put him at guys. number ten on that list. You know what I mean? And he's like, be- Kyler Murray is better than him. I don't like Kyler Murray either, but I would agree with that. You know, it's just like that's basically if we're going. Like that, like I, I don't even, I can't even wrap my head around that being yeah, him no. being number ten. It's just absolutely fraudulent. Like no, it's no I, I definitely change. It's because Dallas is America's team. That's why. No, he's definitely not a top ten quarterback. It's even if you. It's funny. Even if you took Deshaun Watson as we proposed off the list, I still don't think Dak Prescott being ten is right. Because I would have. He's probably twenty. I'd have Lamar nine, and I'd have Kyler Kyler ten. I wouldn't even have him eleven. Who would you have over him? This might be a hot take, but I'd, I'd put Derek Carr at 11. I would have Derek Carr at probably yeah, 11. Yeah, I'd yeah. have him in front of him, Kurt, he, him, Kurt, Derek Carr, Kurt, and Prescott seem to be kind of in the Kurt, same tier-ish. I think... And honestly, Matt Ryan. All those four guys are kind of in Matt the same Matt Ryan's going to be interesting. I don't know... Matt Ryan used to be top 10. He was top 10. He tailed But off, since though. that 28-3 Super Bowl, he's never been the same. He's also in the late 30s. He's kind of just... Regressed. Yeah, but he's also right. on a good team But right I now. think, yeah, so, you have... That's kind of like the Phil Rivers effect. Phil Rivers was pretty decent for the Colts when he signed there. Exactly. He almost won the game against the You Bills. look at it. Carson Wentz like, was pretty decent with the Colts until those last two weeks. Well, yeah, they were... <laughs> they just completely <laughs> fell out of playoff yeah, contention. Guess. Mike's cackling over there. It's Some just, people would say Jalen Hurts could be nearing this list. I'm, again, no. not a big Hurts guy either. So, again, I think... I, I think, think Trey... Uh, honestly, I mean, we're looking at this. I, I It's just... The quarterbacks are very stacked right now in the top... Like we said, top... Five or six, having Herbert in there instead of Burrow, you know, like it's it's. There's really listen. There's elite quarter. There's really good quarterback play in the NFL, and that's why the NFL is growing is because you see a lot more points, and it's a lot harder to stop these dudes. Like there's dudes like Josh Allen that are built six five, yeah, two forty that can run and can throw eighty yards, and guys like Patrick Mahomes who are shifty, yeah. throw no look passes. Lamar Jackson you know, who is basically, basically a, a running back, a, four two, a guy that runs like a four two probably and can also play quarterback. He also bulked up twenty pounds in muscle, which Supposedly. is yeah. Do you think that'll slow him down? No. 
I think that's overrated when people like that. Some it does affect some players more than others. When if you bulk up too much, you you I think lose. If you're that fast though already. Well, look at Josh Allen. He's the tubbiest out of all the quarterbacks. I think he bulked they all make up fun to of him for being hits, fat, so. like on the match. Yeah. They said he eats too much, <laughs> and then he can still outrun every single one yeah, of those guys. It, it don't matter man, as long as he gets the <laughs> job done on Sundays. Yeah. Do you, yeah, the combine, his combine. Tom Brady doesn't know how to run. And that picture of him. Okay, please. He went full like vegan and fake. He loves his avocado ice cream. Yeah, avocado ice cream. That sounds fantastic. That's all, all I have right. to say. So we talked about quarterbacks. I want to, you know, let's, let's mix in together the cornerback and safeties of, you know, the rankings of the top ten in each position. And it is remarkable that no bill is on either one of these lists. Yeah, I, I don't understand it because, like, we have arguably the best secondary in football. And yeah, according to everything last season saying that, even with, you know, Tredavious White's not even on this we list. We have top defense in the league, and none of our guys really ever get recognition for it. Yep. So like, no, I will yeah. say this. I will say this. Trey, very elite corner, was having a slight down year last year. Mm-hmm. Like, he wasn't completely shut down as he has mm-hmm. been in the past, but by no means should he be off the top ten, in my opinion. No, at, at least all. top five. You know, I don't I mean? even know. Okay, top five might be stretching it for the year he had in the ACL, but he should at least be like in the eight range, I'd assume. And like the fact that Poyer or Hyatt, right, but if they put Watson on a list, how can you not put Tre'Davious White? It's on a, a list? little bit of a different circumstance. Still, I mean, they he barely played last year, and then Watson didn't play at all. So if you can have him in the top ten, I'm White, just I agree. I'm just saying. I think I think White needed to be in this lower tens, and I think. Poyer and Hyde, I think at least one of them, really both of them. I mean, Jesse Bates makes this list at six. Jesse Bates was terrible last year. That's why Cincinnati won't pay him any, like what he what he wants on the franchise tag and probably are willing to trade him. I mean, I'm looking at these lists and I, I just am like speechless that those guys are not like it's just it's astonishing to me because you look you look at some of these games from last season and again I'm going to refer to the Patriots playoff game that elite interception Micah Hyde made. Luke plucked the ball out of the air. Was a per- honestly Matt Jones? Don't, I don't discredit him on that throw. Maybe it was a little behind, you know, but it was like right into his arms in the end zone. Mm-hmm. That was just a good defensive play. You don't get that from just a lackluster, you know, safety like Bates, you know. So it's just they've like, never really gotten recognition. No, so, no, they're always. Underrated. I mean, Boyer finally just got an All Pro, but like neither made them. the Pro Bowl last year. Yeah, no. they still made the Pro Bowl, and they all made. The, no, I don't understand this list, and this is what I guess frustrates me. Is at least the Pro Bowl is like always oh, fan voting and all that stuff. The all pro list is like your peers and all that. Yeah, and, and coaches like, and all that uh, coaches stuff. Coaches yeah. and all that. And Jordan Porter made first team all pro, and Micah Hyde made second team all pro. So you'd assume that they're what? Micah, Jordan Porter is a top two safety in the league, and Micah Hyde's a top four to whoever was tied for second team. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a tie at that point, so who, who knows? But the fact that then we go into, you know, a couple months later, and this is the executive pool of, you know, scouts and stuff, and the fact that neither one of them were on the list. Mika Fitzpatrick's on this list, too. Tell you right now, Mika Fitzpatrick, another guy that did not have a good year last year. No. Like, he was bad last year. Same thing with Jesse Bates. Like, those two guys, I'm not saying they don't belong in the top ten. I'm just saying putting them at two and six is just completely overrated. I just I think it's a bad look. I think Winfield needs to be higher. They should be over Jamal Adams. Like, I'm Coach sorry. Boy. I'm sorry. Marcus yeah. Williams had a, good, a linebacker. Marcus Williams had a nice season, so I'll give him some credit. But Harrison Smith at seven, I don't think should be ahead of them. Byard's good. Simmons is good. Buda Baker's good, too. Duran James is, I think, a little overrated. I don't think he's the fourth best safety. I think he's kind of just a, one of those freak players that people love, yeah. love on. But I don't understand. 
I don't understand. I just don't. No, I, I don't. honestly, I'm I, I'm speechless looking at this. I, I don't really. I'm gonna. I know I'm gonna say something. I'm gonna regret if I keep looking at it. So you know, <laughs> that, that kind of a situation we're in right now. So let's let's, let's go to a different ranking. <laughs> let's just shift. <laughs> yeah, let's shift the momentum of our own rankings. Obviously, you know, the last two weeks. No, actually, we took a hiatus last week. I forgot, but we did Dawson Knox ranking at tight ends, which I believe I had him third. The rest you had him two. Yep. Yeah. And then like the second one. Yeah, and then yes, Gusecki Va- won. Von Miller the week before as edge rusher. I think all of us had him as the number one edge rusher. Mm-hmm. So now we're going to rank Devin Singletary among the other four running backs in the AFC East. So I feel like I've done a lot of the talking. So I'll, Mike, if you would like to yeah. start us off. No, so the starters would be what Singletary, Michael Carter, Damian Harris. Michael Carter of the Jets, Damian Harris of the Patriots, and, and then Chase Edmonds of the Dolphins. Yeah, yeah I mean. Overall, I feel like AFC East running backs are kind of weak. Yeah, it's not honestly None AFC of them stand East out that much. That's yeah, cr- it's like Edmonds just signed. Yeah, Carter's like really unproven. He had a really good rookie year, but like now they have Brees Hall. So they also have Brees Hall. I forgot. I actually completely forgot about that. Yeah. So if I had to pick, I'd put Michael Carter last, just because I think Brees Hall is probably gonna get more touches than him anyway. Yeah. Um, I feel Singletary's. I don't know if I want to call him two or three. I personally, I, I'd have Singletary as number two. I have him as two too. I think it's weird because I think I don't know. I might have him at three. No, I think James Cook is going to get a lot of touches. Right, but I think yeah, Singletary might in this just, new scheme. Yeah. And along I, with, I know. think Edmonds and Carter, I need to see a year with them as their team, so they're kind of like tied for third per se. Singletary's two. Damien Harris is. I'm saying. No, I was gonna say. Damien Harris one. is far and away one. Like, yeah, dude, yeah there's no 15, question. Dude had 15 rushing tutties this year. No, he was good. Yeah. And it's kind of weird to me to think about like Devin Singletary being the second best ASU running back. Because when I was making this list, I was like, am I being too biased? Like, because I, I I don't really view him as like the second best running back in the division, but like like looking overall, at the talent. Yeah, overall, like, our hmm. thing is weak. So. Well, like if you like, I mean, if you really think about it, which is kind of funny to me, the AFC South's best, second best running back is Jonathan Taylor. True. Because Devin, yeah. uh, Derek, Henry. Derek Henry's one. Look at the AFC North. I mean, they have Mixon, Najee Harris, Nick Chubb, and, you know, I guess Dobbins yeah. is coming off an ACL. It's just so. the simple fact of our division isn't really run-heavy. A lot of the teams, the schemes go for passing and, you know, a little more gadget runs. They're not... No, but I, yeah. I think it's remarkable because look at every other... I mean, if you even just went to the West, if Eckler, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Josh Jacobs, um, J- Javonta Williams, who was a very good rookie mm-hmm. last year for Denver... You look at some of the guy, the divisions in the NFC, like the North has, you know, Aaron Jones and you know Delvin Cook. Like I mean, like yeah, it's kind of weird We're having. Just, like, yeah, we lack, but it's it's right. definitely like it's definitely like you're number two, but like you're not a strong. Like you're probably maybe if you, I'm not gonna rank it, but probably the worst second best. Oh yeah, back. like if we took the other seven divisions and made a ranking of those eight of the second best running backs. Yeah, he's yeah. at the I bottom. I think he's probably bottom. Probably. Well, see, the thing is, I think with James Cook, it's going to be an interesting dynamic because I think you're going to see a lot more of the rotation between those two. I, I don't think... Uh, what's his name? Zach Moss. Sorry, he's so forgettable. Um, <laughs> I don't think he's going to be getting too many touches this season, you know? So I, I think it's going to be between these two guys. And seriously... They're going to use Singletary how they did at the end of last season, which is when he got the name Motorin, you know, from Motorin. Motorin. You know, that's when everyone started doing that because they used him as that 
outside shifty runner like he mm-hmm. should be. They stopped trying to shove him up the middle. He's not a power runner. He's no. not a speed runner. And they he's finally let him do get those little three-yard dashes like shifting through people. That's yeah. exactly what you need from him. And if he breaks away, he's fast. He breaks away. He's not that fast. He's not that fast, like but a, he can outrun. Four, I mean, he can outrun the D-backs. You know what I mean? I don't so know it's about like, that. He's a 4 six, six. He's He's not a speed back. He's not a power back. That's, a, that's Devin's kind of problem. He lacks top-end speed. Right, and that's his, that's his issue. That's his, I guess that's his. It's flaw. like he's basically an old Lashawn McCoy. Yes, yes, yes. exactly. Like we, we, we yes. there's basically no trade off when we lost Shady and got him. So I mean that, that's 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 we really had prime it. Shady on this team though. Oh my gosh, can you imagine? Well, they also improved the offensive line at the end of last year, right? And hopefully this year, you know. But I think Singletary's and definitely. Brown, year. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully, you have a, a, a more consistent, you know, consistent yeah. five man. Offensive line that right. helps Allen stay upright and has a better running game. I just think you use Singletary as that as what he is. Don't try and make him something he's not. He's Maybe. not a good receiving back either. No, like he That's has, why he has, Cook. Yeah, yeah, he has some stone hands. Like, <laughs> right, James Cook is going to exactly those, uh, dump offs. But he doesn't do bad with blocking. Like if, when he has to, you know what I'm saying? Like pass yeah. protection. Like he's not. I, he's definitely someone you keep around, but he's not your running back number one. Like we've said, yeah, he's definitely a part of the committee. Yeah, yeah, better than Zach Moss. I would agree with that. Yeah, like, so that's... Yeah. that's anyone, anyone would agree with that. Yeah. But one more thing I would like to get to with the Bills, if you guys... Oh, man, we're going off script here. A little so off script. Not off script, but... Not, yeah. No, but um, not on the outline, if you will. I want to talk about some of the Madden rankings, just in the top ten, where <laughs> Stefan Diggs sits amongst, like, you know, Devontae Adams being... A ninety-nine. The Stefan Diggs, I believe, is ninety-five. Yeah, he's fifth overall. Fifth 95. overall. Von Miller was just released. He's, he's a ninety-two. I ninety-two. Believe. I think he was fourth overall. I yeah. want to say. I think Knox was also in the top ten because I think he was like eight or nine, eighty-three overall. He had eighty-three. He was eleven. Not he did. He just was missed he? the top ten. Oh, Hyde yeah. and Poirier were top ten. Yeah, yeah, they were ninety-one for Porter. I'm sorry, Hyde ninety for Porter. So and then. You know, those other people that are getting their rankings out, like Greg Rousseau is a 76. Tyler Bass, I think, was a 77. What do you think Josh Allen's will be when it comes out? Ugh, good question. He'll probably be like a 95. See, I, it's I, I a, it's a really interesting question of, do you believe... In life after love? <laughs> do you believe that Josh Allen is the highest rated bill? Yeah. Do you? So he's got to be higher than 95. Yeah, I said Stephon Diggs is a ninety-five. I said ninety-five. Right, and I mean, even after last season, I, I'm just I, saying, like, like, yeah. in my opinion, he'll be ninety-seven. He will be the fourth highest-ranked quarterback at best. Because I don't think who's getting ninety-nine. Brady, you think? I don't think he's going to get ninety-nine. I think Rodgers might. He's back-to-back MVP. I think maybe Mahomes too. I think Rodgers, Mahomes, Brady. There's no way man, man is a biased thing. Brad, there's no way they're going to have them lower than Allen. Yeah. So Allen is going to be at best four. I think he's going to be four. I don't think there's going to be anyone to have him. I, and it's interesting kind of me to see where Lamar is, because Lamar always kind of gets... He'll probably be like a 90. Yeah, he does know, get boosted a little bit. He gets bit. boosted yeah. then. Mm-hmm. So, like, he, he, I mean, he's just off his running guy. ability. I thought I, 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 thought <laughs> I saw the first, when we talked, like, this topic a couple months ago about, like, potential leaks that Allen was 92. So, I mean, if that's the well, case, he's if, tied for Vaughn for a second. Do you so. think he's under Stefan Diggs, though? I, if I had to make my prediction, he's going to be 94, so yes. I, I, I do I agree with it? No, I don't agree with it. I think he should at least be a ninety six. That's what I would put him at ninety six. I don't think ninety seven maybe a little high. I mean maybe ninety seven. I think. Can but. we just all agree that when they show like the rookies giving their ratings and they say like I'm a ninety overall, like oh yeah, please, ridiculous. please, yeah, yeah, like 
No, that's like going in and making a custom character at that point. Like, come like, on. I like, hate when they're doing? like, oh, I have 99 disability. Or like, oh, I should be a 99. Jameson and Williams. And they get so mad. Jameson and Williams, though, was at 98 speed yeah. for the Lions, the wide receiver. So but just... it's like when they're like, what? I, I'm only like a 74? It's like, yeah, because you're a rookie. <laughs> Come on, you yeah. gotta prove yourself in the NFL. Right, no, they can adjust the sliders, though, if they really care that much. I mean, all you know? I say... <laughs> you play good in the season, they'll upgrade you. All I, say, I mean, I used to make myself a quarterback in 99 overall. I was true. an absolute dynamite. Well, you, you know, know what? So. I do have to... We all have to say sorry to Reed Ferguson. Unfortunately, Madden, you know, you don't have your own position as a long snapper. He's pl- he's ranked as a tight end, and his overall was a 35. So. Oh, man. So, um... No, they need to end that Yeah, that's after. tough, man. No, I do agree with that. Whenever like, I play, that? it's like I was throwing, like, a guard or something. Yeah. Then just because, you know, I don't want to Well, keep... it's like they always have the backup Sorry, quarterback Reed, holding yeah. for the kicker, too. Sorry, yeah. Reed, I don't want your 35 that's, overall that's on my team. That's an old thing. That's yeah. an old Well, thing. it's great on fakes. Years ago. When, when the ba- Tony Romo. Yeah, right, yeah. He had to drop it. Right. Jordan Bobado. Yeah, so... No, well, that, that was a good off. Some some off, players are really topic. some players are really bothersome. They're mad rating. Other players, I feel like they couldn't care less. I think Josh is one of those guys that slightly cares but doesn't care enough to get... Like, up fired up about it. Like, he's yeah. a pretty, pretty big video game guy, so I assume he'll care I feel like bit. every single one... Of, I've yeah, watched an interview, play all the Bills play... They yeah. play Fortnite, Warzone, and Madden together. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a little crazy. But, but without further ado, that's going to end it for the Bills topic this week. But we'll be right back with the rundown right after this. Here at the Buffalonian Podcast, we are looking for sponsorships to take our podcast to the next level. If you are at all interested, feel free to DM us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter and let us know. Thank you for listening, and enjoy the rest of the show. We're back with the Buffalonian Podcast, and I will be taking the rundown this week. We will start with the Blue Jays. It was a pretty decent week for the Jays. They took down the Village in two games of their short home series to sweep them, and then they beat a depleted Kansas City Royal team 3-1. to one. So the first game they actually lost, and that's kind of embarrassing because Kansas City was down 10 players because they couldn't travel to Canada due to being unvaccinated, which includes Andrew Benintendi. But the Jays rallied to win the next three games and win the overall series. So they go into the All-Star game. They had Vlad Guerrero, Santiago Espinal, and Alejandro Kirk all go up to plate. Went 0 for 5. Kind of unfortunate that these All-Stars weren't able to do it. Especially Vladdy, you know, his main thing is to hit a home run. Didn't get it done. But I think the highlight was Alec Manoa pitching in the second inning. So he was mic'd up actually. And we all recommend that you go listen to that. It's absolutely electric. So it was a scoreless inning. He had three punch outs. He pitched very well. But overall, yeah, highly recommend going back to listen to his mic up. AL did win it 3-2, to two, winning it for the ninth straight time over the National League. And I think National League's only won it like six times or something in the past 30 years. So it's not looking good for the National League, honestly, overall. Um Blue Jays are looking pretty good. They're 50 and 43. They had that last wild card spot at the moment. So we're rooting for them to keep it going and make that playoff push. Uh, we'll turn our attention to the Bisons now. So they split the road series in Iowa to the Cubs. Uh, they'll come home, play a quick series against Rochester over this weekend. Rochester's a single game ahead of the Bisons. They're at 47 43. We're at 46 44. But we're only three games back of lehigh valley so overall we're still in it for the division actually the entire division is pretty close the top six teams are only separated by three games so with pretty much half the season left anything can happen in our division so even though we have that positive record of 46 and 44 we actually have a negative 10 run differential so 
The Bisons need to work on improving that if they really want to show that they're a playoff team. Uh, we had to say the highlight of the week, though, was the 8-4 win that was led by Cullen Large, 3-run bomb, and Logan Warmer, 3-run triple. So overall, we got to give credit to those guys. We got to root for the Bisons, too, to make that push to the playoffs. They got time, but we got to hope. Only three games. They can make it up. Let's go Bisons. And then we'll be right back with Would You Rather Joe Edition. Here at the Buffalonian Podcast, we are looking for sponsorships to take our podcast to the next level. If you are at all interested, feel free to DM us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter and let us know. Thank you for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. We are back with the Would You Rather section, our new section, newest, I should say. We did it last week. Would you rather have a bad GM and a great, amazing head coach? Or an awful, or a good, amazing GM and an awful head coach. There, I know there's an option you could have two amazing ones or two bad ones because the Bills and Sabers are proof of that. But that's there's a, no option. That's really C. good. That's a great. Because I feel if you have a great coach, he can get the best out of bad players. I agree with that. But if you have a great job manager, you can get the best players, but just don't mess with the coach. So I think I gotta go with coach. I think I gotta go coach too. It's like the, the Penguins. Yeah. You know, with Jim Rufford, he wasn't always the best after they won those two cups, and now they have Ron Hextall as their general <laughs> manager. But Mike Sullivan continues to be able to, like, Evan Rodriguez broke out this year yeah. for them. Like, he's been able to, kind of, sure he broke out when he was with them. I mean, sometimes some of it's with, you know, Cindy Crosby, who's arguably one of the greatest hockey players of all time. But yeah. I think to the point of that is he, he gets the most out of your players. And so I think that's the most important thing because if you have a bad coach, like you could put a great team around a bad coach, but if a bad coach is bad, they don't buy like, in. They're bad. Players won't buy in. They won't care, and then that just suffers. Like there's a bit, I mean, there's a lot of talented teams in you know any sports history that you know just couldn't get the job done, and mm-hmm. a lot of it goes down to coaching and. You know, because coaching is such a you know razor thin margin in these kind of games, especially like if you talk about basketball, like one play, your you know your play out the timeout didn't work, and that kind of falls on the coach. So, I would say you know you'd love to have a good you know both. Yeah, ideally the, we want the McBean. The, the McBean. I mean, hopefully Adams and Granado could be that. Um, GM, they'd like to be GMK de- and Danny Meatballs. Yeah, <laughs> they're developing into that hopefully, but I would say coach because I think well also well. To me, it matters actually where you are. I gotta ask Is you a question: franchise? where you are in the franchise. Because if you're a team that's looking to contend, I would say you want the good coach because then he could maybe elevate you to that contending. Right. But if you're rebuilding, I would say you'd want the good GM and the bad coach because at least if they the can get coach, you good players, the, you'll get good players, and then the bad coach will eventually get the axe, and then you'll replace him with an actual <laughs> good coach. So I, I think it does matter, like per se, of where you want your where your franchise is. Right, no, and I agree with you guys. If it were me answering, I would have said coach. I mean, generally, generally it's the coach, but yeah. again, like there is a scenario where it'd be like if you're like rebuilding, it's like honestly, I'd rather have the GM that wins like his trades and makes good decisions, and if my team just sucks, like it, yeah, it, it sucks. Whatever. Right at that point. But, yeah. but then, but then the coach gets axed, and then yeah, it's all it's all good and well. Yeah. Well, all right. I mean, you guys, you guys did pretty well with that. I, 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 was, <laughs> I like know, that question. That's yeah, question. I was, I was, you know, we go in completely blind. They had no idea what I was going to say. So it'll be Mike's next week. He'll have something for Dom and I, but we'll be right back with some trivia right after this. All right. Welcome back. Trivia time. Wrap up the show. Per usual. Feeling good? I'm, I'm feeling pretty good right now. Feeling froggy. That's all I have to say. All right. We'll start with our Sabres question. So we all know the Sabres have... 
had some pretty good players come to their organization. Just a few. Just a few. Tad. A yeah. little yeah. bit. So, one of these guys has the longest point streak to start the season. Okay. Who was that player? To start the season. You, oh, in just franchise history? Yes. I, I thought you said well, like one of these guys, like you were going to list some people. No, 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 no. I probably worded it. Um, yeah. Man, to start the season? Yeah. I know Eichel had a little yeah. decently long, but... I, what I, era? No, but that was mid-season for sure. Is that giving it away? What no, era? I, I'm going to do, I'm gonna do uh, Pat LaFontaine. Oh, uh, that's that's a pretty good guess, but he's actually second. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> Are we gonna? Uh, is, uh, I'll just say, is it Gio Bro? Dave Anderchuk. Alright, oh, he had I, seventeen I, games. That would have been like my seventh from guess. October eighth, ninety two yeah. to November wow, fourteenth, ninety two. That, that would have been my seventh guess because I would. Have it's done... kind of funny because Lafontaine the same season. Yeah. Had the eleven game. Well, they must have been like together. And then, yeah. yeah. Well, like I would have done the entire Friends Connection, maybe Danny Gare, Halichuk. And then McGillney, yeah. Lafont, like there's like seven. No, you're right with Eichel because I remember he lost his points yeah. because he missed a game. Oh, that's what it was. It was yeah, like, and then we like, should it that. really count that you know he yeah. didn't play? Yeah, so I, I do remember that. Yeah, no, that was, I, but that was the one good like the one really elite Eichel year. Yeah, yeah. So our Bills question: um, Which player has the longest play from scrimmage in Bills history? Oh, from scrimmage? Yeah. What do you mean? Like, 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 like a, longest play in a game. Oh. Oh, I'm going to go with Thurman Thomas. Um, <laughs> longest play, longest play. I should play. say it's 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 two things. It's the longest reception and the longest play from scrimmage. It's oh, so it's like a catch? Yeah. Oh, so it's not Thurman. No. Breed? I'm going to go... What? Andre Reed? No. I'm going to go Eric Moulds. No. Don Beebe? It's T.O. Terrell Owens. No, was that... The one year T.O. played, he hit a 98-yard <laughs> reception. I was trying to... Touchdown. Oh, wow. Honestly, against Jackson. Honestly, guy, when you said like, the longest play, the only thing I thought was popping in my mind was Tom Brady to Wes Welker for that 99-yard touchdown <laughs> when they football against the Dolphins. That's like, the only thing that popped in my head. And I was like, oh, well, that's not that. C.J. Spiller did a 99-yard touchdown run, too, one time. That popped in my head. I'm trying to think. What was... <laughs> there, I mean, What Thurman, was Taron Johnson's pick six in the play? 101. But that yeah. wasn't the longest play from scrimmage. Yeah. Yeah. Because no, that was yeah. like, from scrimmage would have been from like the nine yard line. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, threw a 10 yard when line I first saw, think, thought of this, I was like, wait, didn't Taron Johnson have a longer play? But then, yeah. Yeah. It was, wasn't from scrimmage. Also, it's like, it also would be like with kickoff returns. Yeah. You know I mean, like, it right. would be higher one than 98. Yeah. Yeah, no. Like, I was trying to think that, but then I'm like, yeah, it has to be a play from scrimmage. So, yeah. Shockingly enough, T.O. in his one year in Buffalo. <laughs> I knew. Doing sit ups uh, in his driveway. <laughs> I was really close to doing Peerless Price. I don't, I don't know why. Underrated. Un- underrated. All right. We'll do our final question here. We kind of do like a, like a history, like Buffalo culture type question here. All right. Um, which, which U.S. president was inaugurated in Buffalo? Theodore Roosevelt. Yes. Oh, my God. My dad's going like, to <laughs> My one professor yeah. works at the inaugural uh, house. My dad's going to shoot me. <laughs> yep, TR. Yeah, I Because I William McKinley that. was unfortunately assassinated and at the World's Film, Fair. And Millard Fillmore is buried here. Yep, and yep. Grover Cleveland used to live, live, live on Grand Island. On Grand Island, the yeah. Grover Lee. Cleveland house. And yep. Yeah, yep. so a little I, bit of history I'm going to be completely honest. I had a mind, like, 
Brain did you fart. did you have the answer? No, I knew. I, I no, I, I I the first thing when you popped up my mind anything presidential of Buffalo was Mill Fillmore because I was like, oh, he's gonna talk about who's buried here, and then you said who was inaugurated, and I was like, oh wait, it's not Mill Fillmore, and then I was like, oh, it's TR, and you said it. And I was like, oh, well. <laughs> yeah, no, that nice job. I got my picture in the paper there. <laughs> did you? At seven years old. Oh wow! Big Look guy at that. Here. Big guy. Put that on the wall. But I put that on the resume. <laughs> All right. Well, that's gonna wrap it up for this episode of the Buffalonian Podcast. I'm Joe Kelly, and I've been joined by Dom Loss, Mike Marino, and uh, we'll catch you guys here next week. Dom, how do you always end these? Go Bills, baby. Go Bills.